Well, my brothers and sisters, this morning I think our gospel acclamation really sums things up very well. Come after me, says the Lord, and I will make you fishers of men. And that's the concluding punchline, so to speak, for our gospel today. Come after me. I will make you fishers of men, to be fishers of men. What's he talking about there? Well, he's saying to Peter, Peter, I'm going to enable you. Don't be afraid. I'm with you, and I've, I'm giving you new, a new job. Before this time, you caught literal fish, but now you're going to be taking human souls and you're going to be lifting them out of the darkness of the waters of sin and death and the kingdom of of the devil, and you're going to be lifting them up into the lights of the kingdom of God. So you're going to be all about the salvation of souls, okay? And don't be afraid, I'm with you. In our first reading, St. Paul, I, I think you see that spirit. So, so, so Peter from here on out has got to have the mind, okay, my number one mission in life is the salvation of souls. That's his, that's what he lives for. From here on out, he's got this commission from Jesus and he lives for the salvation of souls from there on out. And we see that same mentality in the Apostle Paul. I, I really love this, this, this first reading here from Colossians is wonderful. By the way, the whole thing is almost a single sentence. Good job, Frank. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, and I think that whole idea of what well, you got one single sentence is Paul, he's, his heart is full. You see? It's not like, he can't even stop. Okay? His heart is totally full. He just keeps going, 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 going with all these subordinated clause, subordinated clause after subordinated. He, it's just pouring out of his heart his gratitude to God because he's thankful for the salvation of the Colossians. And uh, a true apostle, that's what he lives for. He doesn't live to play golf on, on whatever, you know, get away on a Monday and play golf or whatever. <laughs> he lives for the salvation of souls. And so when he sees that taking place, he, that's, that's the, you know, awesome. I mean, he, he's, he's totally gratified and grateful and full of joy because of that. You have to understand, too, what's interesting here is that it was really a partner. I think it's Epaphras. I can't remember exactly the name, the guy's name, but it was a, a co-worker of Paul's who went ahead and evangelized the Colossians and then comes back to Paul and tells them about their conversion. So Paul himself has never visited the Colossians okay, and met them face to face. He hears from his, co- from his partner, he hears about all the good things that God is doing. And that, that good news, that's truly good news for Paul. He's just so thankful and he says, he just gets down on knees, he's praying that the good work that God had begun in the Colossians would bear fruit, that they would grow in holiness and that they would be saved. Not just make it to heaven, but make it to heaven with a fully restored humanity. Because that's what Jesus came to, and that's what he died for, so that we would become fully reintegrated, fully restored as human beings made in God's image, full of his grace, full of the Holy Spirit, full of all the virtues that Jesus wants to give to us, that he died to give to us. And so we see this this supreme importance of the salvation of souls. That is what Peter's living his life for. That's the thing that makes Paul excited and, and want to live and want to continue working. And uh, that's not just for apostles, it's not just for ordained ministers, that's for everybody. 
that as Christians, we have to understand that that's got to be our greatest hope, joy in life, is to see, first of all, ourselves, and then others be saved. That mission that Jesus came to, to do, he passed it on to the clergy, but he passed it on to the church as a whole. And so Jesus' burden is our burden. And this kind of joy and gratitude... Uh, because of witnessing and hearing about the progress of God's grace in people's lives, um, I think we can see it, you know, if we just kind of open our eyes, we can see it. Okay, so there's so many things in our life around us that we can be grateful for because of the salvation of souls. So some of the things I was just thinking you know, it was, I don't know, it was last week or two weeks ago, maybe Marge was mentioning how when you had visited, was it Denmark or what was it? Denmark? And you saw these churches full of these families, these young kids, which is really encouraging because, you know, we kind of hear reports that Europe is really dying, the faith is dying in Europe. Probably compared to other places of the world it is. But, you know, to see that is very, very encouraging. I, I did a baptism recently with some people whose family originated from Clyde, but at this point in their lives, they were out and about. I think they were in Ohio. And uh, they were they were coming back to Clyde to baptize their kid. It was just a tradition that they would do so they get the local family around. They would, that was a tradition of theirs. But they were telling me about their parish out in Ohio. And it's one of these these parishes. It's got like, you know, four or 5,000 families in it. They have tons of, they have, you know, three or four priests. They have, because it's impossible to minister that many people with just with just one priest. So, you know, the, the bishop gave them more than one priest. They have all of these programs. All of these lay people are doing all of these programs. And sometimes, you know, I said to them, does it feel like you're going to get swallowed up? I mean, it's so big. Does it, does it seem impersonal? And they say, no, it's not, because there's so many lay people doing Bible studies, doing studies on this, doing some kind of social justice ministry, doing something, whatever it is. There seems to be this sense of real personal connection going on there, even though it's such a huge parish. So this is so refreshing to hear, and we should rejoice primarily because we're we're hearing about the salvation of souls. Uh, recently in Clyde, we had this reunion mass, uh, and it was the St. John's School. Now, mind you, this is amazing. St. John's School closed 50 years ago. It closed 50 years ago. And it's an elementary school, for crying out loud. How many people really have these deep bonds to their elementary school? I mean, I think about my elementary school with a little bit of positive thoughts, but I don't, it's this deep bond, you know? A reunion for my elementary school. I don't know if I would go to it, right? So we had this reunion for St. John's School, closed 50 years ago, mind you. Uh, almost 300 people came. And they came from as far as Colorado and Florida. What in the world? And I celebrated Mass, and everybody was just in, on cloud nine. And that brings joy and to my soul. I'm so grateful for that because even though you know probably a good proportion of these Catholics maybe have kind of been away from the church for a while, this is a moment. This kind of natural good. You know, sort of nostalgia for their old school. This natural good God's grace is using to bring them back to himself. So I'm rejoicing in the salvation of souls. I recently went to, not long ago, I went to a friend's 
uh, final profession amongst the Dominicans, a religious order, down in Washington, D.C. And uh, I'm just amazed at this. The province of the Dominicans is called St. Joseph's Province. It's the Eastern Province. They're ordaining like 12 guys a year. And they're all in their 20s and early 30s. I, it's, it's, it's an explosion of vocations. And the really funny thing is, too, is that they're all really tall. It's very strange. And they say, well, we say, why is that? They say, well, because for a few years we had some vocation directors who were really tall guys. They must have just, you know, well, they reproduced after their own kind or something. It was really strange. But it's really, really uh, uh, a very encouraging thing. You see all these guys are big, tall guys with glasses because the Dominicans are all intellectuals, you know. And uh, they're just overflowing with vocations. It's very, very encouraging. And, you know, I can see here, too, just, I, there's so many things to be grateful for. Not mentioning certain things doesn't mean I'm not grateful for, for them. But with F- Father Walter, for example, I see that this guy is a man who's completely dedicated to the salvation of souls. And he is really, wor- I mean, every moment of his life, that's what he cares for. That's what he's, he orients everything around that one apostolic purpose that you see in St. Peter, that you see in St. Paul. And... Uh, you know, with, with, without violating any kind of, uh, um, you know, privacy or anything like that, he'll share with me some of the, the good things that God is doing in his ministry. It's very, very encouraging. Very encouraging. So, my brothers and sisters, the salvation of souls, this is what gives us as Christians great joy. This is what we're full of thanksgiving for. God and Jesus is saying to us, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Let's pray for this continued mission of Christ through the church in the world and be thankful that he is accomplishing it.